Yippee-ki-yay, Santa lovers. It's that festive time of the year once again. So what else? It's time for our 2023 Christmas special of that song from that movie. Now I have the machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah, I thought you were doing Alan Rickman impression, but all right. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Better. Is, is that Alan Rickman? <laughs> that was more Snape, wasn't it? <laughs> anyway, thank you for joining that song from that movie, the wintry journey through the very best and worst of Christmas movie songs. I am your fly in the ointment host, Dietrich, and joining me is our monkey in the wrench, Alex. <laughs> The Get struck off now. And completing the lineup is our pain in the ass, Ben. This is not even clever. <laughs> You're just this insulting me. Says. You're just insulting this me. Is, this is the thing he says. Uh, I'm the fly in the ointment. I'm the monkey in the wrench. I'm the pain in the ass. Well, you can say it about yourself. There's three of us. This, well, my name's always first, so I get the first one. <laughs> well. Just happened to work out that way. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> it just happened to work out that way. If you have a problem with it, Ben, take it up with John McLean. I've, I've tried. I would like to know in the past fortnight, what have you been watching? Ho, ho, ho. Nice. On theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping the bells are going to come out again. I actually I actually didn't pick up the bells <gasps> from downstairs. <laughs> it's all the way downstairs. Um, What, this? No, that's not doing anything. Uh, I'm just picking up random things on the table next to me and see if I shake them. Shake, them, shake them, shake them. <laughs> How, how's this? Oh, that's an awful sound. <laughs> Well, at least it's better. Nothing is better than when my uh, dad used to uh, clang glasses with a spoon to imitate the 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 noise of the fairies, the Christmas fairies. <laughs> is that even a thing? It was it was high effort, your dad, wasn't he? <laughs> is it an actual tradition, or was it one of those things where like he was cleaning up on like one Christmas Eve, and like you or your brother stumbled <gasps> oh, downstairs half asleep, fairies. and he was like, "I heard it," and he was like, uh, "Yeah, it was the Christmas fairies." The Christmas Whatever, fairies. get back to bed. <laughs> could, have been, could have been that, yeah. I'll go first. Um, so I've been to Hong Kong, so I was going to say what films I watched on the plane there and back. Oh, go on. So on the way there, I watched Renfield. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, thoughts. And it was terrible. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, Looks it. And I watched Barbie, which is great, still, holds up. Yeah, I haven't seen even it. On a, even on like a 6 by 6 screen. Uh, yeah, also maybe, and I watched the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. New still not seen that. I do need to see that. Still, still fantastic. And I watched the fourth film, which I am really struggling to remember what it was. So it must have been very good. Yeah. Oh, it was. It was the Haunted Mansion film. It was that that uh, new yeah, Haunted yeah, Mansion film, and it was it was bland. Nothing boring, will ever be the original. The original Eddie Murphy. Well, I, I think I saw original. the original with you at the cinema. Right? Wait, hang on. Do you mean the original, like the original the Eddie Murphy film, or do you mean the original, like the ride? No, um, I mean the Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy film. <laughs> but maybe the ride. I've never been on the ride. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the pinnacle. They probably should have stopped at the ride, I imagine. I agree. Um, it's not It's not great. Um, so basically, two spooky adjacent films were crap, and two height of summer films were great, and yeah. Hong Kong was great. Yeah, Hong Kong did look amazing. I'm incredibly jealous. Go on, Al. So I did go to the cinema a couple of weeks ago with my son um, to see the Trolls, the, the, the third Trolls film. I think it's called Band Together, but I could be wrong. 
No, you're right. It's band together. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was what you would expect. He's very so. up to date. I'm a troll. See you. <laughs> <laughs> I've just seen the advert for it like 15 times today. Yeah, I mean, my main gripe with it was that they kind of retconned the story of the troll so that one of the characters was previously in a boy band as a child. But the boy band, and that character's played by Justin <laughs> Timberlake. You're bothered about them retconning trolls. <laughs> well, no, it's not so much the retcon, it's what they did with it, right? So he was in a boy band, and his character's played by Justin Timberlake. But the boy band was not played or voiced by the rest of NSYNC, but the rest of NSYNC were in the film later in, in it. So you're annoyed that they could have been in alongside JT, but That would have made more sense. Yeah, it would have made more sense, wouldn't it? Like, why, why have them in the film if they weren't going to be in those roles? I yeah, uh, well, yeah. I I think that's been the main <laughs> criticism of trolls on the uh, on the circuit. Has it? Yeah. It has. It absolutely has. And then I did see, uh, I did watch the film Age of Innocence, which was really good. Age think. of Innocence, as in the the nineties film. Yeah, it's a Martin Scorsese film, but it's not a gangster yeah, yeah. film. No, no, no. Very much. It would have been. It would have been. It would have been interesting if it was a gangster. <laughs> yeah. a gangster. How many members of NSYNC are in the film? None. It was Daniel Day-Lewis in NSYNC. Daniel. <laughs> yes, and Winona Ryder. Maca- not, but not Mackay Pfeiffer, though. No, no, she was As in we learned. 8 Mile, of course. <laughs> she, he was in 8 Mile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I would recommend that film. That was very good. Charles 3, not quite as good. <laughs> I saw the film Bottoms. Have you heard of the film Bottoms? Now, is this a movie, like, as in Hotel Paradiso? Yeah, yeah. No, it's not. It is a film, it's a, like a sort of a, a high school comedy, like a modern high school comedy. It's it's very, very good. Very weird. It's like a satirical sort of teen comedy like, of a modern era. Have you, have you seen Booksmart? Yes. Yeah, it's kind of like that ilk, you know, like, I guess a modern twist on the uh, the not another teen movie style. Why would you, why would you okay. need to twist not another teen movie? The greatest high school film of all time. Well, it's not not. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I mean, it, it, is, it is it is pretty amazing. Very Alex thing to say. <laughs> no, Bottoms is it's two like high school girls who start a fight club because they want to hook up with cheerleaders, yeah. and it's very it is very good. Um, it's almost so zany it, it borders on the surreal. Um, but yeah, you definitely definitely look out for that one. Okay. Welcome to our 2023 Christmas special where we're chatting all things Die Hard and its accompanying song. Christmas in Hollis by Run DMC. So to find out what was happening in the world when the movie came out. Time for some history. Yes, guess when Die Hard came out, guys. That's right, July. Yeah. <laughs> it was in the <laughs> middle of summer. Um, July 1988, to be exact. A month in which most films, like usually when we go back to this time, the 80s, very romanticised at the moment. It was a shit month. Now, I got the best films aside from Die Hard that came out this month. This is the best. So we've got Short Circuit 2. <laughs> not the first Short Circuit. Short not Circuit 2. Not even the original. I thought you meant like, we've got Die Hard and we have Short Circuit 2. <laughs> Cocktail. Yeah, obviously. Great, great. Okay. <laughs> I, we, we, actually, we, is, I it, is, Kokomo, is it Kokomo and Cocktail? It's Kokomo. It is Kokomo, Kokomo, Kokomo and I've never seen it, but... Midnight Run, which is an alright film. We've seen Midnight Run. It's kind of like a buddy cop film. Nope. Doesn't and a about. Fish Cold Wonder, which is a okay. is a classic. It's a, a seen it special. The only film that the, the, the board game yeah. seen it had on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to is. say this is July, this is the middle of summer, that is not a strong run. But I did find two other films, which I'm surprised haven't become classics. So one of them is a film called Out of Time, 
starring a guy called Bruce Abbott, about a cop from the future who goes back in time to Los Angeles and teams up with his grandfather to catch a master criminal. Watch the trailer. Watch the trailer. It looks incredible. Uh, and then this film. Now, this this the plot for this film can only exist in the eighties. Okay, so this is a film called Zits. <laughs> right, I'm in. Okay, when their music teacher <laughs> yeah. needs an expensive operation after being mugged. Now I'll pause there. Where do you think this is going to go? Um, oh, Battle of the Bands. Okay, Battle of the Bands. Okay, Alex. I mean, I, I can only take in the word zits. Like, it's going to be about spots in some kind of way. Are they? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Are they? Are they like? I don't know. They're going to burst people's spots for money to pay for the operation. Okay, interesting. Okay, let's see. We'll keep going. We'll see. So, when their music teacher needs an expensive operation after being mugged, a group of precocious middle school students attempt to raise the money by. Where do we think we're going? Bursting people's spots. D, what are you sticking with? Still sticking with Battle of the Bands? I've gone in my head. I'm like, is it like Thunderpants? Okay. But replaced with like popping zits. Okay. As Americans would say. They attempt to raise the money by selling fake military secrets to the KGB. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was close because Thunderpants is uh, about uh, British intelligence. They're underage, undercover, and in over their heads. <laughs> but why the name? I think Zits is a like a like it's almost an acronym because there's a dot between each letter. So I wonder oh, if it means some sort of like secret military thing. <laughs> secret. Yep. <laughs> secret intelligence. Yep. You should, um, did you write this film D, before you were born? <laughs> you went back in time to write it with your grandfather. There's a, there's a character in it called Hoggy Livingston, which I think is a great movie sense. name. So I know what I'm watching next week. It was like a, like a round of Boulder Dash or something, like like which is the truth, <laughs> and then no one would ever guess that was the right answer. So unfortunately, we're not talking about zits, um, or out of time. We are talking about this small little uh, indie film called Die Hard. For those unaware, Die Hard is an American action film directed by John McTiernan based on the 1979 novel, Yes, It's a Book, <laughs> called Nothing Lasts Forever by Roderick Thorpe. It has a pretty wide-ranging cast, and most importantly, we have Bruce Willis in his first major movie role alongside the seasoned veteran of Alan Rickman, and was an instant classic. Um, it's a beloved film across the world. I'm interested in what you guys think of this one. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's for, for my money, it's, it's just a simply fantastic action movie. Yeah, maybe one of the all-time great action movies. I mean, it's a movie so incredibly ingrained in pop culture that I was actually having a little bit of like a hard time, like almost like a a crisis, um, remembering if I'd even seen the movie before, <laughs> or if I'd seen and remembered other things like an episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine or the paintball episode of Community. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I loaded it up on Disney Plus, sponsors and stuck Die Hard on the other day, it all came flooding back to me. It's like a near-perfect action movie yep. Yep. where the hero isn't some, like, whacked out on steroids, taking on an army himself, American badass. It's just some regular Joe, like a man of the people like me or Alex. Uh, <laughs> just not... like you do. Not me, though. Not me. Uh, he's not unflappable. And I mean this by, like, 80s action movie standards, so it's it's on a curve. Uh, but it's like he's fallible. He doesn't have a lightning quick wit. He's just quoting some movies to sound tough. EPI, mate. Mother clucker. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, he's just some guy intent on surviving until someone else can swoop in and save the day. And that just adds to how good of a film this is. 
I love the fact that like the fights are clumsy, it gets his ass beaten bloody. So <laughs> he, he keeps going on, keep keeping on, playing for time, making terrible decisions, like becoming a TV dinner, but ultimately survives. And that's all before you factor in Hans Gruber and the performance of Alan Rickman. Oh yes. Um, legendary. Yeah. One of the great movie villains. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean like the, the line I well, I attempted to get used to the guys to quote at the beginning there. Now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Could you think of another actor? And I put my brackets here. Make Ben do impressions of other actors saying this line. <laughs> but uh, can you think of another actor that could say that line? And it doesn't sound comedic, but it still sounds like a funny line. Uh, <laughs> I can only... No, nothing Nothing here is going to work. What about Morgan Freeman? I can't, I can, we, I, have we tried to do Morgan Freeman? I forget. Was that the one that I used to do terribly? <laughs> I don't know. Well, we're gonna... <laughs> I've always been a tensy. I'm not doing it. No, no. It's it's a Christmas gift to myself. Alex, you want to go? Anyone? And no, I'm okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's fantastic. Let's let's hear what Alex has to say. <laughs> not not much more to be honest. You <laughs> pretty much covered every point I listed in my in my uh, in my mobile device. It's a very good action film. Probably is up there with um, the very best. I think the eighties and nineties were kind of. This sort of they 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 were the, the the decades that made these kind of films, weren't they? But I do think this one does stand out, and I think it is for the reasons you said about he's not an Arnie, he's not Sylvester Stallone, it's not one man taking on a thousand people in a jungle just using like his bare arms and a machine gun. It's it's more tactical, and I think like I I was similar to you in that I thought I'd seen this film, but actually when I watched it a couple of years ago, I realised that I hadn't seen it at all, and actually I had only seen it through through a pop culture lens, and. Uh, I think I was a bit taken back by just like how good it was. I think you just expect it to be like Rambo or something like that, where it's like, yeah, you know, a lot of people yeah. get killed. That's got it. You know, there's some enjoyment, I guess, in, in that. But it's it's a much cleverer film than that, and it's a much it's just a wittier film. Like it's it's got a lot of great lines, but like I said, they're not they're not comical. They're 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 written in a way that really works well, and I, I think it just like. The performances are great, which is what not what you usually get, especially from the villain. Because I think often with these type of films, like the villain is kind of someone you've never really seen before, and it's just it's all hammed up. And although this is hammed up to an extent, it's hammed up in all the right ways that makes it work. It's kind of like what yeah. Gary Oldman was trying to do in Leon in the Professional, but I don't think he quite succeeded in personally. But anyway, interesting. It is similar. It does. It is similar, similar, isn't it? Yeah, it's definitely similar. I think. Um, I think this film is quite unique in that. Alan Rickman, the Hans Gruber character, is the is the character that pushes the narrative. Like the villain pushes the narrative in this film. John McClane is just kind of reacting to what's happening all the way through. He's mm-hmm. not really his his entire character progression is based on what is um, what Hans Gruber's doing. The entire story of this is more or less just Hans Gruber. You know the the, the little scenes he has that were I think were put in as filler scenes just because um. I think it was simply Bruce Willis had to go back and film his TV show, so they wanted to film some things before they could get him back. So they did like the little scenes with like the um, the guy who runs Nakatomi. Is it Nakatomi Towers? Yeah, Nakatomi Plaza. Nakatomi Plaza. Plaza. Um, and the parts with his wife were all kind of like additional scenes in the end. Um, but they do add more. But it's always away from John McClane. He's just reacting. He's just mostly in air vents, <laughs> losing clothing, um, and saying witty one-liners. I, I do. I think this film's incredible. I think you can watch it any time of the year. <gasps> um, it's it's an easy watch, but I do you, I do feel the stakes. You know, you know what happens, and it, and it's still fairly pain by numbers. But there's an element of um, I think it's the progression, the classic. Um, does anyone ever play the video game? Yes. 
there's the element of moving through the tower and moving yes, that progression upwards and onwards, <laughs> which is just fantastic. Yeah, it is. If what it does, you, it, you do feel like it's constantly ticking and moving at a good pace, which is always great. So, yeah, the, I mean, this was Bruce Willis's first movie, first big movie role. He'd done a few other kind of lesser known films. He was mostly a TV actor. He also had an album just before this one called The Return of Bruno yeah, from 1987. Um, have a listen to it. His cover of Under the Boardwalk is a standout. I've heard it before. I've heard it before. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, you know, he got to number, I think he got to like number 59 in the US. It was not terrible. But he was not the first choice. He was not a well-known name. Can we guess who the other choices for an action movie of the 80s would have been. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester There you go, that's one. That's the one. Kevin Bacon. (laughs) Seagal. There was no Seagal, fortunately. There was Uh, was no Jean-Claude Van Damme. There was no Jean-Claude Van Damme. Um, Al Pacino, we could have done Al Pacino. Al Pacino Pacino. was uh, was rumoured, yeah. Al Pacino would have been an interesting one. It would have been a different vibe. (laughs) Al Pacino would have been a lot more angry in those events. Do you want to do um, Now I Have a Machine Gun like that? <laughs> what do you got? Attica! Attica! I'll take a flamethrower to this place! <laughs> yes, nice. Oh, there, we oh, oh. there we go. <laughs> Richard Gere, Clint Eastwood, okay. Harrison Ford, yeah. Burt Reynolds, guess... Mel Gibson. <laughs> yeah, God, you can see Mel Gibson in this one. Yeah, definitely. You can really see Mel Gibson in this one, can't you? It feels like it was written for Mel Gibson. <laughs> was he the main? Was he the person they intended to be in this film? Uh, he didn't say. The most, the most often cited is Stallone and Arnie, but I think that's just simply because they were the '80s action stars. Mm. And as Dee put it, the difference is they are almost untouchable throughout their films, and almost yeah. it's slapstick in that. Like especially when you look at the Arnie films, like you watch Commando back, he is just destroying everything. <laughs> You know, it is never going to lose. Um, and even some of the Stallone ones, like you watch Cobra, and it's just hilarious, just how um, how how ridiculous these characters are. And John McClane is the fallible protagonist, which I think um, I think it did well for just the genre in general. I don't know if there was fatigue. I don't know what the numbers were, but I think Arnie turned it down because he was doing Twins. <laughs> so you know it probably would have been an Arnie film oh, yeah. another great film to be fair I would have wanted to lose twins so <laughs> yeah I'd rather keep, stay in a world where twins exist yeah Bruce Willis and uh, Dan DeVito yeah that, would, that wouldn't have worked it's too they're, they're too believable as twins that's the problem uh, the, uh, what about the idea of like twins is it's just Dan DeVito and he's talking to nobody <laughs> All the scenes where it's Arnie <laughs> yeah. are just like a brick wall. It's quite scary. It's like some sort of psychosis. Oh, have you ever seen that thing where... This is a bit of a tangent, sorry. No, no, but no. Um, if you take the Garfield comics and get rid of Garfield, <laughs> they're like incredible. Oh, I think I've heard this. I've heard this. So it, it's just John speaking to himself and it creates this like incredibly sad comic every day. Oh, and nice. it's it's really like thought provoking. I don't know how... Uh, well, yeah, dodgy lizard, I, know, yeah. I know how they do it. They just get rid of him. I mean, like, I don't know how the Garfield writers can write things that work better without their main character. <laughs> Very true. But anyway, sorry, that was a bit of a tangent. The film was pitched as Rambo in an office building, <laughs> which I think, um, even though it is based on a book, that's basically what it is. Well, no, because if it's Rambo in a 
a skyscraper or whatever you just said. He would have just kicked the front door down and started shooting. Well, wait, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. There'd also be like 50,000 more people in there. <laughs> There'd be like yeah. 100 people per floor just like mowing them down with arrows and machine guns. Yeah, the opening scene would have been the SWAT going in and failing and then him kicking down the door and doing it himself. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> So, even though Willis was just a TV actor, he was paid $5 million, which made him one of the highest paid actors in Hollywood. I have no idea. His agent was (laughs) Swish. (laughs) Even though the film did well commercially, the initial reviews on release were mixed. And a lot of criticism was about the violence. Is this film overly violent compared to some of the other films of the time? In my head, it seems quite tame. Yeah, but I don't know if you're looking at that through yeah. today's lens. Well, yeah, that's the yeah. thing we have. Yes, we have. I don't know. I think it's because it draws you in and makes you feel like it's a very serious film. <laughs> I think that's part of it. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say, is it because it's a bit more grounded? Like when, let's use Rambo again. When Rambo's killing a, a faceless person for the 50th time in a film, there's a, a point where they stop being human. Yeah. Where in this film, all the characters, they're real humans that you can tell why they're there and what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Not just somebody pretending to hold a gun in the background of a scene yes it is the classic though they do send the the henchmen one after another (laughs) which i always think is a classic always pushing pairs yes always pushing pairs there was a criticism of willis's performance there was a lot of praise for rickman but i I think bruce willis is fantastic yeah i think bruce willis is strong enough in this film that it's almost like he doesn't allow alan rickman to steal every scene yeah. Yeah, he can hold his own. Well, yeah. I mean, it sounds like the script was pretty loose. Like they added I think I think it was Alan Rickman was just one day like make, making jokes on set with an American accent and they're like, "Wow, that's a good American accent." And they just redid that entire ending for him then, you know, because they didn't know how to get him and uh, McLean together, you know, like in a good clever way and they thought, "Oh, well he, he well, we'll just have him pretend that he's American." <laughs> And that, you know, it was just very much quite, it was quite natural. Um, they don't make them like that anymore. The film grossed $140 million on release uh, in the States. It was, I think, the 10th highest grossing film of the year um, behind Zits and Out of Time. Out of Time, of course. <laughs> yep, yep, of course. It received four Academy Award nominations. Nothing of note. Yeah, nothing of note. Best sound, like best, what was the other one? Um like yeah, best effects, best um, editing, visual effects, things like this. Uh, it won none of them. Yeah, I think everything it was nominated in Who Framed Roger Rabbit won. All right, fair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which is a completely fair. But after this, Bruce Willis was uh, a huge name. I've not got much else to say about films. Anyone want to say anything before we move on? Surely we need to talk about the sort of elephant in the room, and also set Alex off by <laughs> getting him to decide whether or not it's a Christmas film or not. What do you think, Al? I think I think the debate about this is the only thing I don't like about the film. It's, <laughs> yeah, it, it yeah, is the yeah. main thing that hurts me about it, and actually makes me not really want to watch it. I'm the same thing. I mean, like I don't care. And then if some if I ask someone what their favorite Christmas movie and they say Die Hard, I'm like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's an immediate red yep. flag. Yep. Immediate red flag if someone says that. Like the side, like literally a siren starts beeping, saying this person is a bore. This <laughs> yeah. person is a bore. This person is a bull. And like as well, I think what annoys me is like when yeah. they say when people say it, they kind of like look at you like, come on, challenge me. Challenge me. You, now. you get like a little smirk. You do, yeah, like go on. Challenge me. Challenge me. Yeah, you mean I I've picked something left field. I'm yeah. not your typical individual. Yeah, they, they think oh. they're being edgy or subverted or whatever, but they're yeah. just being um thumb sucking dickheads. Is that, I don't know. It literally like <laughs> becomes like a substitution for their personality. 
It's like their personality is, yeah. I am a person who thinks Die Hard is a Christmas film, and that's all they've got going for them. That's the thing. If you want to feel yeah. like that, it's set at Christmas. It has a Christmas song. Yeah. It's, it's always got, yeah. on at Christmas. Yeah, fine. The inciting incident of the movie is about Christmas. Like, yeah, it's at a it Christmas is, yeah. party. Yeah. It ends with it being at Christmas. Essentially, it's Home Alone, but I also wouldn't give a shit if you said it wasn't a Christmas yeah. film. Yeah. You're not cool for thinking this is your favourite Christmas movie. I feel like the only people no. who bring the debate up are the people who, who want to say that it's a Christmas film. I feel like everyone else just does <laughs> <Yeah>. not care. Because <laughs> it is a Christmas film. Uh, it's yeah. set at Christmas. Like, fine. Just because it's an action film doesn't mean it can't be a Christmas film. It doesn't. It does not matter. 100%. I, I'd be more interested in, like, I mean, Bruce Willis himself said it's not a Christmas film, though. He did say that. Well, Bruce can say what he likes. He's wrong. <laughs> I know it. Now I'm having the argument. <laughs> I've been distracted. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Um, all I know, it was he. He said it like in, a, in an award speech, but like quite angrily, not in like joke, not not jokingly. He was like, "I need you to say one thing," and he was like, "Die Hard is not a Christmas movie." And then a few people cheered. Some people looked scared, and then he announced uh, the Nickelodeon Children's Kids <laughs> Choice Award. Zing. <laughs> But yeah, if you want it to be, fine. If you don't think it is, fine. Um, it's all for the rest of your life. It will be on at Christmas. Also fun. And this episode is our Christmas special, so yeah, we're endorsing. If yeah. you want to do another episode about Die Hard, where we pretend it's not a Christmas film, yes. we're not going to. Okay, let's go. So let's let's do Die Hard too and have the argument all over again. Is Die Hard? Wait, Die Hard is also a Christmas film, though, isn't it? Isn't it also set at Christmas? I don't think I've seen Die Hard 2. Die Hard or three 2. Or four or five. Yeah, it's, well, it's definitely set in winter because there's a lot of snow. I think it is because I think there's That's a line about, about it happening at Christmas. I thought Die Hard 2 was speed one. No, on Christmas Eve. <laughs> Die Hard 2, start the, like, the plot starts with on Christmas Eve. God, that must have been the... Uh, that, that just sounds like a, a, a quippy review from a, a magazine, doesn't it? <laughs> Die Hard 2, it's just well, speed one. <laughs> Die Hard is speed in a building. Die Hard has the, you know, the after the colon is why we joke about all sort of sequels because it's die hard to die harder which is terrible <laughs> it's brilliant die hard three with a vengeance yeah, yeah. well die hard, die hard with a vengeance is just you know meh. live free or die hard Wait, that's not that's not you know that's not a good day to die hard yeah no it's not stop still anything else <laughs> no. no, let's talk about this uh christmas song <laughs> let's talk about this damn christmas song. just get it done Lovely audience. We are discussing, I put in, in in air quotes, the Christmas song from the movie Die Hard, which is Christmas in Hollis by the hip-hop legends Run DMC. This appears in the film as Argyle, <laughs> John McClane's limo driver, drops him off at Nakatomi Plaza, puts on a cassette. John McClane is not happy because he does not think this is Christmas music. Um, and Argyle refutes that as the song plays very loudly over the credits uh, as we arrive at our setting. What do we think, guys? Well, I always, I always do tingle a little bit when I discover a Christmas song that I've never heard before, and this is definitely a Christmas song that I've never heard before. So that's something. Um, that's pretty much the only positive thing I'd say about it. Um, <laughs> Alex Gustry's notes and ticks off the one thing he's written down. <laughs> I mean the lyrics, the, the story. I mean, I enjoyed the story yeah, of it. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like where where the, it's, this, got, this it's got a beginning, it's got a middle. Christmas in a park. He's got. A, he thinks it's a scary dog. It's an ill reindeer. Something along those lines. Yep. Then then he finds the wallet of the band, and it's like, oh my god, it's it's Santa, and he's left all this money. 
but I'm not going to keep it, no, because that wouldn't be right. So I'm going to send it back to Santa. Who just, give, but then he who just gives him it anyway. <laughs> and it's like, oh no, there was a present for me all along. Because the last thing, <laughs> that, um, that's, uh, what's his name? Santa. What's the, what is, no, no, um, what's his bloody name? Um, Run, yeah, Rev Run. Run. That's the last thing he needs is more money. But they were absolutely... <laughs> well, what, what I loved so much about it is in the video was like the, the money under the tree was like a bag with like a dollar sign on it as if it had been robbed from <laughs> Don't a bank. Yeah, yeah. So it's like <laughs> Santa robbed it from a bank to give to Reverend. <laughs> What's it like with this kind of, you know, the b-boy sort of era of rap music, the early rap music it is very of its style. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the, it's the Will Smith good clean rap. <laughs> I think this might be the cleanest of clean raps that has ever existed. And it's very funny when I think <laughs> people are trying to seem very badass when they're singing about eggnog. <laughs> well, this because it, it seemed it did seem like it was a spoof intent. Like it seemed like it should have been. It even sounded like it could have been a Beastie Boys song. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, a very that, Beastie Boys. Not, but not quite as good. Yeah. But it felt like it was an intentional spoof. I mean, it is of the it is of the era. Yeah. That's the thing. I don't think. I think. I don't think they were almost spoofs because there was nothing to spoof from before. I think this is just <laughs> this how is, this is just this was how you. This is what what rap and hip hop was of this time. I think Run DMC were pure marketing powerhouse at this point. They weren't about authenticity. They were just a money-making machine. That T-shirt's cool as fuck, though, isn't it? Like, the, the, with the two yeah, red bars yeah, yeah, and it yeah. from DMC. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If that said Christmas, that would have been an instant, instant classic. The, the They made, like, you know, they, they made Adidas streetwear so popular oh, at yeah, the time. Yeah. Like, this, this, the full, like, sort of shell suit sort of looking and uh, um, laceless um, Adidas trainers. You know, it was absolutely huge. And then obviously, we, you know, I think it was just the year before they'd done uh, Raising Hell. You know, we like Walk This Way on it, and which is the first multi-platinum hip-hop record. They were hot shit, but then and you have like this song. <laughs> and it's like that, and that's the way it is. I'm, I'm nice. just reading some of the lyrics, and um, this is my favourite bit. So, rhyme so loud, I'm proud you hear it. Okay, okay. It's Christmas time, and we got the spirit. That's a nice couplet, isn't it? <laughs> and then it's like, Jack Frost chilling. Okay. The hawk is out. Hawk is in a bird. The hawk is out. And that's what Christmas is all about. The hawk. What part of that is, it? what part of all that that's just been said is what Christmas is all is about? Is there something New York hawk symbolism? The New hawk York hawk. <laughs> New hawk. <laughs> I am, I'm hawking here. <laughs> But it's what Christmas is all about, so we need to know. We need to know what it means. Well, it's what Christmas in Hollis is all about, we should clarify. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so, okay, okay. Go on. To Go hawk on. is to sell or attempt to sell oh, something. Oh, yeah. Especially uh. to do so in a loud and intrusive manner. Yeah, yeah. You, you okay. hawk stuff to people. Yes. Okay. We went too literal. Oh, well, so, they sing so that about that. We, we were, they sing about that. We were walking, we were hawking, you know, like in that, it's like that, and that's the way it is. <laughs> Do you think they were doing like, caca, as they were walking <laughs> yeah. down the street? Tuki, tuki. Someone cannot say caca to me, and I cannot not go, tuki, tuki. Tuki, tuki. So, yeah, so it implies devious actions. Okay. So that's what Christmas is all yeah, about. Yeah, fair enough. Right, well, thanks. Bro. Fair enough. Makes sense now. Okay. It ties it together. Yeah. It makes me feel, think, think more highly of the song than I did before. Alex is getting so. the Christmas spirit now. I am, yeah. Dee, do you want to share your opinions on this one? Okay, yeah. Uh, let's get the good bits out of the way. One, the beat, as in the the bump, bump, oh, da, yes. dun, 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 dun. That has a, such a fun, lively bounce to it. And I mean, it's essentially 
the most sing-along bit of the entire song. Is that from this, though? No, well, it's a, it's a, well, it's a sample, yeah. But it's it, got to I mean, be a sample of something. 80s, 80s hip-hop is, is all pure sampling. Do you not know what it's sampling? <gasps> One of the greatest greatest songs of all time. I'm going to talk about it once you've finished. Okay, well, that that's one. Two, it's nice that Run DMC enjoys Christmas. Yep, they do. Pardon me. And that's my list. Um, so <laughs> uh, the rest of it, though, I thought was pretty terrible. Like, I know we've just talked about it's... it. The style of the rap at the time, the generation, was basically that you shout the lines and they're barely audible. But, like, you really cannot make out what anyone's saying. Alex had to look at the lyrics and read them out to us so we knew them. <laughs> That's typical of any Rick Rubin produced album. He, he makes the like the drum beat or bass drum just so loud. <laughs> it's so loud. I mean, uh, Run DMC were, I guess, I think they made mainstream because they all their uh, samples were rather than funk based were rock based. Yeah, like they all had yeah. like sort of just heavy guitar, sort of like you know, bit of a crossover appeal. Yeah, absolutely, and then just a heavy sort of synthesized drum beat. Yeah, and they and they just shout. Some of their stuff, I, I think, is still pretty iconic. They've got a lot of iconic songs. I agree. Um, this will never be one of them. I agree, but yeah, exactly. There's a reason why this song in the movie is played off as a joke. It's not, oh yeah, that's right, lads. John McLean oh, yeah, listens to Run DMC while shooting guns and drinking cold beer. Yeah, It's absolutely. like, that's annoying as shit. Can you put on Paul McCartney cold instead, please? Beer. Yeah, it's, it's just not good. You have to have light moments, I think, to set this film up. You don't want it to be like the typical action film where everything's serious mm. from the off. Yeah. And this is to uh, any listeners out there. I mean, we've called them out a lot on this episode, but same again. If you think you're being cool by saying that Christmas in Horse is your favourite Christmas song, as if that's <laughs> yeah. edgy or uh, anything we said before about Die Hard being a Christmas movie, then you are also some idiot... Grow up. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry fucking Christmas. If you're wanting some sort of Christmas rap, listen to Christmas on Death Row album. Or Goldie Looks <laughs> with, 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 with such great songs as uh, Santa Goes Straight to the Ghetto by Snoop Dogg. What about Proper Crimba? It's got Krimba. a rap in there. Yeah, or um, Little John and the Kool-Aid Guy. Yes. <laughs> Which is an absolute instant classic. Oh yeah, and I probably should, just for people keeping score... This song obviously did not make it onto mine and Alex's Christmas playlist. Well, good to know. Good to know. Um, I mean, we're saying this like, you know, it is a bit tongue-in-cheek. It was on a Christmas charity compilation album. That's what it was originally made for, called A Very Special Christmas, which was to help um, benefit the Special Olympics. So they did it for a good cause. I'm glad something good came out of this song. Run DMC are huge. (laughs) The song did quite well the Christmas before. It's... In good spirits, and that's what I'll give it. This is now. This is a travesty. It won Rolling Stone's best video of the year in 1987. No. And do you know what it beat? Shit, it beat Michael Jackson's Bad. You say thrill? <laughs> do you know who directed Michael Jackson's Bad? Spielberg. Ridley Scott. No, Scott says he. Ah, I knew it was What's someone it? big. Isn't Van Halen in that song? Uh, I think, I don't know, I, I always forget, I feel like people tell me that they're actually sort of like street gangs and they're dancing like they're from fame, so I don't quite believe that, but best video of the year is ridiculous. <laughs> it's a fun video. I mean, it's the best part about the song, it's the best part about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, yeah, I suppose. Right, Um, the last thing I want to say though, so the sample, the the beat that you bum, mentioned. Bum, dun, 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 dun. Yes. So yeah, so the song samples um, various sort of Christmas jingles, so it's Frosty the Snowman, Jingle Bells, Joy to the World, and then the main sample is a funk beat from the song 
by Clarence Carter from 1969, which is Backdoor Santa. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this is a well-known song. You will have heard this. It's used on so many films. I'm pretty sure Tarantino's used it in a film. But do you want to know some of that? This is 1969, okay? This is the 60s. Do you want to know some of the uh, lyrics from uh, Backdoor Santa? Yeah, please. Okay. I ain't like old Saint Nick. He don't come but once a year. Oh, ho, ho. (laughs) Brilliant one. (laughs) I keep some change in my pocket in case the children are at home. I give them a few pennies so that we can be alone. I leave your back door open so if anybody smells a mouse, I wouldn't all Santa be in trouble if there ain't no chimney in the house. They call me Backdoor Santa. (laughs) It is an absolute classic. Add it to the playlist. It's pure filth. It's it's called Backdoor Santa. It is not a Christmas song. (laughs) It sounds like a Christmas song. And how would Alan Rickman sing this song? They call me Backdoor (laughs) Santa. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. Top five. Uh, Quick top five. Way back in 2009, Run DMC were named the greatest hip-hop artist of all time by VH1. Now, I want you to tell me who were the next top five. So, two through six. And this is from 2009. So, uh, unfortunately, Nicki Minaj won't be on it. Okay. Eminem? Eminem is sixth. So, yeah, that's one. Ladies love Cool James. That's number five. Absolutely. One of the original sort of big free hip-hop. Made the Kangol. Is it Kangol famous that we said? NWA? NWA? Nope. Public Enemy? Public Enemy number two. You're doing well, guys. Um, Wu-Tang Clan? Nope. Two more. Missy Elliott? Outcast? Outcast? Is that hip-hop? Outcast, yeah, it would be, but they're Outcast of 21. Oh, right. Um, Ja Rule. (laughs) Ja Rule is not... I can't... I'm not even going to scroll down to see if Ja Rule is on this list. Buster? Nope. You need to think bigger. You're, you're missing some very obvious. And if you get one, you'll get the other. Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre was seventh. Dr. Dre was seventh. Uh, Snoop Dogg? Nope. Uh, Little John and the Eastside Boys? Uh, Tupac? Tupac and Biggie? Tupac and Biggie. Well done. Three and four. Tupac was third. No offense, East Coast. What a lovely Christmas theme, top five. <laughs> Do you want to do movie or song? A Christmas movie or Christmas song? Is is there, is there any need? I think this might be the quickest we ever do. Uh, so, yeah, Alex, Christmas movie or Christmas song? Um, movie. Uh, Christmas movie, Alex. Christmas movie. Ah, thank you. Yeah, okay. Uh, ben? Movie! <sighs> okay. Uh, and Christmas movie, yeah. Me too. It was never in doubt. I mean, I had to earlier in the, I had to ask you what the song was. That doesn't <laughs> is, is, Die, is Die Hard the greatest action film of all time? No. Uh, I think what it is... really depends what counts as action. Oh, don't, don't give me that oh. naff, Alex. He's it's, it's slagging people off for calling it a Christmas <laughs> film, and now he's saying it's not even an action movie film? I know, and he's like, <laughs> pushing his glasses up. I don't, it depends what you define as action movie. <laughs> I believe Marriage Story is the greatest action movie of all time. <laughs> <laughs> it has action in it. Yes. Uh, I would never say that about a Noah Baumbach creation. <laughs> Madagascar 3 does. Yeah. Oh, that's true. I would say um, Starship Troopers. Okay. Maybe Robocop. Okay. Maybe some other Paul Verhoeven film, Total Recall. No. Okay. I probably would say Die Hard. Showgirls. Showgirls. <laughs> Can't think of any of other Paul Verhoeven films. <laughs> okay. We, have, we, do have a, we do have a friend who's a big fan of Showgirls. <laughs> 
the movie. <laughs> the movie. Well, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> well, who knows? Who knows? So that brings an end to another episode, uh, our Christmas episode of that song from that movie. Let us know which one you prefer, the Christmas movie or the Christmas song, on one of our many social media platforms, Twitter, Blue Sky, Instagram, Threads, Hive. I'm going to leave a space for another one. <laughs> Something's just starting to sound me. Yeah, uh, just Twitter. It's just, it's just Twitter, really. Um, uh, ben, what is our Twitter handle? I mean, social media handle. At TSFTMPod. Thank you. So you can help the podcast in many ways, and one of those ways is by sharing this on a random subreddit. But Alex, what random subreddit should they pick this week? Sean Coombs. I'll be glad to hear that we did not pick him at any point during SOP 5. <laughs> um, so you can also help the podcast by telling your friends, uh, leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to this podcast, uh, buying our merch, signing up to our Patreon. All the links and notes and stuff are in the show's notes. So all that's now is do some goodbyes. So it's a Christmas goodbye from myself. Goodbye. And goodbye from Alex. And when Alexander saw the breadth of his domain, he wept, for there was no more worlds to conquer. Oh. And goodbye from Ben. If you enjoyed our idea of Christmas, you've got to be here for New Year's. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. Bye. Kedavra. <laughs>